between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Hallelujah. Amen. Please welcome somebody this morning. Uh, if you're happy to see them, only if you're happy to see them. If you're not happy to see them, don't lie. Are you happy? <laughs> so I'm happy to see you this morning. I love you. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we ready to be blessed today? Yes. Okay, let's let's open our Bibles. Let's open our Bibles to, to the book of Revelation, chapter Revelation chapter 7. Mm. You're still the same. By the power of your name, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El our Adonai, we will praise and chapter 7 and after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea nor on any tree praise God and I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have what? Sealed the what? The servants of 
our God in their foreheads. Amen. And um, let's not read the whole thing, but um, praise God. But you saw the number of them which were sealed, like 12,000, right? From each of the tribes. Praise God. So that was the 144,000 who were sealed in chapter 7. And in chapter 14, let's, let's see chapter 14. Revelation 14. Verse 1, praise God. And, and I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. And with him an hundred forty and four thousand. The lamb stood upon Mount Zion with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written where? In their foreheads. So praise God. If these hundred and forty four thousand which are on the mountain, they are those who were sealed, and it's very clear that the seal is the father's name. Do you agree? Does that make sense? So this 144,000 have the father's name. So it's very clear that the, the name of the father is the seal of the living God. The seal of the living God is the name of what? The father. And before this seal, you see that, um, so each seal is a name. That's very clear. Do you agree with that? In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, this is what Jesus said to the disciples when he was going. Matthew 28, from verse 18. Matthew 28, 18, he says that, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, That all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of what? The Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, what that whatsoever I have commanded to you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, praise God. So this place here in verse that Jesus was speaking was just when he was about to ascend into heaven. And he said that, uh, I mean, they call this the Great Commission, um, which is actually true. But it's not mainly about getting people born again. Um, it's very clear that he's talking about teaching. It's clear he's talking about teaching, praise God. Um, so in verse 19, it says, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing. And of course, baptizing here is not talking about water baptism either. It's not water baptism. It's go and teach all nations. If you remove the word baptizing there, the word baptizing actually means immerse. So you can just remove that, exchange it. And so it's saying, go therefore and teach all nations, immersing them in the name. So it doesn't say immerse them inside water. Right? It's not baptism of water. This is talking about a baptism that will come to the soul of man through teaching or an immersion. Praise God. An immersion that will come to the soul of man through what? Through teaching. So he says, go therefore and 
teach. So as you are teaching nations, you will be baptizing them. There is, doesn't mean there is no water baptism. There is baptism of water. The Bible speaks about water baptism. You see that being done even in Acts, in the early church, that was constantly being done. And praise the Lord. And that's something that we still do today. We baptize with water, but this is not the scripture that's talking about water baptism. This scripture is not speaking about water baptism. It's talking about baptisms that the soul of men should, should go through. Amen. So it's just saying that through teaching, you can immerse the soul into the three names. The name of the Father, and then the name of the Son, and then the word, the name of the Holy Ghost. The name of the Father, the name of the Son, and then what? The name of the Holy Ghost. And you see that colon, and teaching them to observe all things what I've commanded you. So it's very clear that this baptism is just talking about teaching. To teach the soul by teaching, you can baptize. As you're teaching and teaching, you baptize. The word baptize means to, to, to fully immerse, right? It means full immersion. So to immerse something, when someone is fully immersed into something, it means that their soul is full of that thing. It's the same thing. It's fully immersed into something. Actually, uh, what that means is like a metaphor, but it's actually telling you that when a soul has become full of something, that's what baptism is. Same thing for the, what they say, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Paul went to Ephesus in the book of Acts chapter 19, and they asked him, have you heard of the Holy Ghost? Say, we've not heard of anything called the Holy Ghost. He asked them, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? They said, then he said, what baptism were you baptized? Well, they said they were baptized by water. That's John baptism. And then he said, okay, he got them filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's very clear. Even from the Holy Spirit, they equate baptism to being filled. Do you see that? Baptism to being filled or being full. So it's the same thing. Being baptized into something means being full of it. You get that? Or being immersed. When you say, you're, ah, I was just immersed in something, it means you're, you're, you're full of that thing. So what he's talking about here, he's talking about different levels of being filled, of a soul being filled, right? Or different levels of fullness for the soul. And he's saying that what are the th- there are three things that they, that they want to fill the soul with. Three things, praise God, that they want to do what? Fill the soul with all. These three things are three names that they need to fill the soul with. First is the name of the Holy Spirit. That is you, it's a kind of fullness. Right. Then, uh, so, and, and that thing you now realize that every fullness is a seal. So you seal by fullness. That's what you say. When it comes, it comes full. You seal it up. If it comes full, you seal it up. So it means that the seal is what you bring upon fullness. Do you agree with me? Amen. So, so they speak about names here because the name, a name, phrase you If I, this is called, this thing has a name, it has a phone. If I, if I remove from it, it's no longer a phone. So name is something that means is a complete thing with an identity. When you take out of it, it means that you have to put many things into it to make it come up into that thing where it has that name. 
That's the concept of names in the spirit. Like in the name of the, in the spirit, there are statues that are named in the spirit. Praise God. In the book of um, Ephesians, chapter one, right, where he said that um, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I never cease to pray for you that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you spirit of wisdom, revelation, you know, the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, the riches of the glory of His riches of the glory of His inheritance. In this sense, amen. And then uh, you might know what? What is the word? Exceeding greatness of his power towards us, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him, what? From the dead. Far above, first of all, principalities and powers and might and then dominion. That's the first class of angels you, you, you encounter. When, someone, when, you're being, when you're going upwards, in the spirit, you encounter principalities, powers, might, dominion. Then the next thing he said, every name that is named. So when you move above that, you begin to come into a world of names. Praise God. So names in the spirit means works. Names are works. What I mean work, I mean names are actually images. Every image in the spirit has a name. Praise God. Every image in the spirit has what? As a name. So when God made, God made names in heaven, those names are actually beings who carry properties, that they are actually nature properties that are named. We move into the realm of seraphims, they are actually beings of names. Because God has made them. They have a certain kind of frame and a certain kind of makeup that constitutes, that has laws in their nature. Those lords in their nature, when you sum up the law that makes up a seraphim, that thing has a name in the spirit. So what makes up a seraphim is, is actually laws. An angel who is not a seraphim can't come and behave like a seraphim. He can't do what a seraphim can do. The same thing, a seraphim cannot do what a cherubim can do because they are angels of different names in the spirit. Praise God. So, the, you see the concept of names for living entity. You now discover that even when it comes to God, the person of God, the, uh, there's also the concept of names in God. That God himself has, in, has name. You see that concept when he was dealing with the children of Israel. Even with the fathers, he began to re- deal with them according to different names. He's the same God. Amen. But God can deal with them. Okay, from now, I want you to know me as Yahweh. Amen. That thing means something. Praise God. So, the names of God has to do with the properties of the persons of God. And in how he's demonstrating himself, right, to an entity. So, this thing called name, we need to understand the concept of names in the spirit. Is one, is one of the, the lights of the scripture. That if we don't understand that, we won't be able to interpret the Bible. Praise God. Now when in the book of Philippians chapter 2, they said that, therefore had God highly exalted him and given him a name. What does that mean? We know that they gave him, when he was, 
going to be born in the book of Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel came and he spoke concerning him. See, when he came to Mary, amen, he said, blessed are thou among women and all of that. And he spoke to her that you will bear, bring forth a child, you, amen, and you will call his name Jesus. For he shall be great and he will save what? The people from their sins. So they gave him that name, Jesus, and they, bore, they gave him the name spiritually. It was a physical name, but it was a sp- physical name that was talking about his spiritual person and his spiritual identity, what he was meant to be as a person, which is a savior. Amen. And that thing is a component of Jewish culture. And God had already put that in Jewish culture. And it's been there. And God, because God wanted to use it to demonstrate something. When you read throughout the Bible, for example, Isaac, what's the meaning of Isaac? Laughter. Why did they call him laughter? Because his mom laughed when they prophesied concerning him. Therefore, his name was called laughter. Do you understand what I mean? How did Jacob, how did his name become Israel? He wrestled with an angel, and they gave him Israel. Israel means he who wrestles with God. Do you understand? Many cases like that. There's one they call Ichabod, the glory has departed. That one is, are you getting what I'm trying to say? So when you, that was a, a Jewish culture. So the way Jews name their kids, they don't just name their kids according to maybe just how, Amen. Praise God. It's not according to maybe the reigning superstar of the time, so who they watch on TV or something. No, because there is actually a knowledge in their culture that names mean something. That the name of a person should not be separate from the identity. You know what I mean? The first person who, who had a name was Adam. God named him Adam. The word Adam means a man of the earth. A man of the red, from the red earth, that is the meaning of Adam. And that was because God formed him out of the dust of the ground. Do you understand what I mean? So, so the concept of names in Jewish culture, they don't joke with that thing. They name kids prophetically. You understand? Because the, the name has something to do with who the person should be. Their image. Praise God. Now, when in the book of Philippians chapter 2, it says that, Therefore, God had highly exalted him and given him a name. Now, does that mean that at that point when he resurrected, that God changed his name from Jesus to something else? Like, it's physical. That's not what they're talking about. It means that by that time, what Paul was speaking about, there was something else. He was talking about the real meaning of names, which physical naming is a type, a, a metaphor of. Naming someone physically is a metaphor of something they do in the spirit. So giving something a name is actually a real thing in the spirit. But what we do physically, giving birth, to, giving, when you give your name to a child when they are born, that's not the real thing. You're just demonstrating something that really happens. That child actually has a name in the spirit that they are supposed to become and live up to. So giving name spiritually, when you want to give the soul a name, you cannot separate giving the soul a name from making the soul become something. You can't separate the soul's image, the image of who the soul is, from the name that they bear in the spirit. So 
in the realm of the spirit, when they look at a thing, they can tell this is its name. How can they tell its name? Because especially if it's a thing that is, that is raised according to patterns that they already know. They are, they are already named patterns in the spirit. When I say pattern, I mean types of entity, formation, things that God has framed already. And the laws he has written, laws of nature, of living things, they are there in the spirit and they have names spiritually. You believe what I'm trying to say? Yes, Hope it's not too abstract in a sense. No? My sister, is it? <laughs> is, am I good? Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Now, these things, these are, these are understandings which the New Testament rests upon. If we don't understand these things, we will never understand the Bible. These are principles. Praise God. So when they speak of a name in the spirit, what they're talking about is a kind of a living entity that, that has been framed and identified. That this kind of thing is called this in the world, in the spirit. So it means that you can substitute name for, you can substitute name for nature. So every nature has its own name in the spirit. So whenever you see name in the New Testament, you can talk, they are talking, they are identifying a particular kind of nature in the spirit. Do you understand? So when you see a name, they're talking about it's an identity for a particular kind of a nature in the world, in the spirit. So when they highly exalted him and gave him a name, it's not just, ah, Jesus, we want to call you something else now. You see that by that scripture, the name has an implication. So the name has to do with his exaltation. And they gave him a name that is above every other name. So it's very clear that the name they gave him is the name that, is, that matches his exalted place in the spirit. Where they raise him up to. Now he bears that name. So when you say, in, the, when you say in Jesus' name, in the, in the realm of spirit, they can ask you which of his, his names are you talking about. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, whenever somebody is praying in Jesus' name, not, it's not every name that everyone is praying with. Because there are names of Jesus, or his actual name currently, we've not really grown to even know that name. Because to know that name, you must have the ability to discern his exalted nature. And his exalted person. Praise the Lord. Do you understand that? So you see that name. How did he did they raise him up to come into that name? In this, that name that is it's very clear that if he has a name that's above every name, it means that he has a nature, a person that's above every other kind of person. Every kind of person. There's no personality, no nature, no entity, no image in the in the spirit. Anywhere, both in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth, that when they see that image, that when you see he was is exalted, highly exalted, that means talking about an is an estate of his person, which he was developed into. Jesus is the is the most sophisticated kind of man in terms of the quality, how beautiful, how awesome, how wonderful, how powerful in any kind of positive quality that you can think of. Jesus Christ excels in the spirit. He, because God, who 
highly. So had he highly exalted him and, and gave him what? A name. The book of Hebrews speaks about that name as well. Let's see Hebrews chapter 1 concerning Jesus. Bless you, Father. Hebrews chapter 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Hebrews 1, it says, verse 1, it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, had in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed the heir. The word heir means inheritor of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, so he purged our sins and sat, hand, sat down where? At the right hand of, who? of the majesty on high. Why was he able to, to sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high? That height is talking about the highest height of all present things created. Why is he able to ascend and sit there? Semicolon verse 4, being made so much better than the angels as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Praise the Lord. So it's very clear that Jesus' exalted position is a function of what he was made into. So now you now see that when he said, so had God highly exalted him, the exaltation wasn't just preference, just come and put you there. Is that there's actually a process. It's the process of being made. Praise God. So they cannot take Jesus and put him in a position higher than angels if they don't make him better than them. It would be, it would be a defilement of heaven. God would have scattered the whole thing if he just takes Jesus and they didn't make Jesus better. You wonder, ah, some, ah you mean Jesus was made better? Of course he was made better because Jesus, when he was born, he wasn't born in his soul as somebody who can sit upon the throne. Forget about sin. I'm not talking about sin. You know, we are so sin, sin conscious and sin has dealt with us so much that we only think in terms of sin. Praise God. But we know Jesus did not sin one single day his whole time on the earth. And you know Christianity is not only about dealing with sin. Do you know what? It's not just about dealing with sin. Hey, praise God. Do you, why are you laughing? Don't believe me. Why? Because there's sin everywhere, so you feel like it's just, ah, it's just about sin. No, it's not all about sin. Jesus did not sin. We did not have a single sin. But for 33 and a half years, they, were, they had to be doing a walk inside of him. It, and it had nothing to do with sins, because he didn't have sins. So it means that apart from sin, there is actually, God is not... When you say, who is God? God is not just somebody who does not sin. God is more than that. The definition of God 
is before sin was ever ever existed, God was God. Before sin, before Satan ever thought about All sinning. Might. Praise God. Almighty. Almighty. I am wonder. I am wonder. I am wonder. The praise of my name. The, the praise of my name. Thank you, Jesus. I am wonder. I am wonder. I am wonder. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes. Before sin ever came, God was God. God was God. God is not defined relative to sin. When I say God, I'm talking about his own nature, his person, who he is. Now, so Jesus, his son, came to the earth without sin, but yet they couldn't take just a young Jesus and go and put him on the throne. When he gets there, he will not know what to do. Do you understand what I mean? He will not know. He won't even know what that the that place is about. So you see, out beyond sin, there's something called the development of the soul, with the knowledge of God. That's what Jesus had to go through for 33 and a half years. And that's what his father kept teaching him. That's what he called his father's business. His father's business is things that pertain to the nature of the father. And ultimately, all those things are the things which you are born again to know. It's not just about forgiving your sins and then, ah, I'm now free. Let me just go to heaven. If I ask you, okay, you want to go to heaven, what do you know about heaven? What do you know about what heaven is about? Like, what is what's the point of going there? What do they do there? What is the, you know, what is heaven? Do we, many Christians, I don't even know. You know, you have discovered that a lot of Christians have never thought about it one day. A praise God. So, um, so, in the spirit, um, there, is, there, is, there are natures in the spirit and height in the spirit has to do with what kind of nature. You know, natures differ in the spirit. That's why you see the concept of being better. Say better. Better, better in verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 1. Say being made so much better than the angels. So he was being made. So the word being means actually process. They're talking about the process that through which they were able to make him sit down at the right hand, actually was actually throughout a long time upon the earth. Why they were making, what were they making? As Jesus was around Nazareth, walking and doing his thing, heaven was making somebody who can sit on the throne while he was on the earth. If they didn't finish the work, when they raised him up, he wouldn't be able to sit. When he's trying to rise, they, they will say, we can't, sir, we can't bring you here. We can't bring you up. We can't raise you far up. But because he, when he, if he didn't fulfill the will of the Father, he would say that there are better entities in heaven than himself. And he won't be qualified to ascend the throne. So this is why so every Christian who will sit on the throne with him must be made better like him. It's not sitting on the throne, it's not automatic. Let's see the book of Revelation chapter 3. 
end of Revelation chapter 3. Thank you, our God. Revelation chapter 3. Now, it's very clear that this Revelation chapter 3 is a letter to the churches. So it's not a letter to unbelievers. And in verse, praise God, um, verse 20, Revelation 3 verse 20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right? And I, you know, I said last time that this knocking, when he's, standing, when he's knocking at the door, he's not talking about him knocking at the door of the heart of an unbeliever. Right? Because this letter here is written by Jesus, or was written by Jesus through John to the churches. Praise God. And so those who are in churches are people who are born again, who are already Christians. So the letter to the seven churches. And he said that to you guys in this church, this particular church, I'm actually standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, then I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. And to, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as what? I overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So this was Jesus speaking. Do you see that? Do you agree with my, what I'm saying? Amen. So it's very clear. There are many things in this verse that you, have, you just need to unpack. The first thing is that Jesus overcame. Now, if Jesus overcame, it means there was a time when he hadn't overcome. There was a state that Jesus had not yet overcome. And in that state, you can't take him, based on what they are saying, you could not take him at that state and put him on the throne of God. And Jesus overcame, he overcame different things. After a while, he said, I have overcome the world. When he said, I have, there was a time he had not yet done it. Now, but when he said, I have overcome the world, be of good cheer, he hadn't yet died on the cross. Do you agree with that? So he wasn't, overcoming the world wasn't him on the cross overcoming the world. While he was with them, he said, me, I have overcome the world, though. I'm talking about me, myself. I've actually overcome it. The problem is now, how can you guys overcome it? You know, we're going to talk to them about being in this world, not being of the world, and all of those things. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, then he said, he said, my peace I, I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. That was my peace. Is the peace is when, when you overcome the world, peace is what you attain. It's actually the price, the, the, is the, the prize they give to you. The prize you, you get for overcoming the world is peace. Overcoming the world makes a man at peace with God. Right? What makes men not at peace with God is because they haven't overcome the world. And he said that, I will give you my peace, not as the world gives. Because the world's peace is not really peace. It's actually trouble. Praise God. So, so Jesus here is an overcomer. He said, to him that overcometh, so he that will overcome the way I overcame, will grant with me to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame. That word, even as. I love the word, even as. Even as means the same process. As I. The same way I overcame. If you overcome like that, you also will sit upon the throne the way I overcame and I'm set down with who? My, with my father in where? 
in his throne. Praise God. So back to Hebrews chapter 1. In Hebrews 1. Amen. In verse 4, he said that being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. The word by inheritance. So it's when Jesus said, as I overcame. Because now you have to, you have to put all these things together, right? Now, he said he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That is sitting on the throne. Praise God. Now, to sit on the throne, he had to be made so much better than the angels. And in, in chapter 3 of Revelation, they said the criteria for sitting on the throne is that he overcame. So it's very clear that that process of overcoming is the same process as being made so much better that by, than the angels. And it's the same process as obtaining a more excellent name by inheritance. So this kind of inheritance is very clear now that what is the inheritance? The inheritance is what a son or a child receives to bring themselves to the same position where the father is. Praise God. So he said that he that overcometh will I grant with me to sit with me on my throne even as I overcame and sat with who? With my own father. With my father. So it's very clear that he cannot come to where his father is without inheritance. Inheritance, the concept of inheritance is also another thing which we do on the earth, which is a type and a metaphor for something that exists in the spirit. Right? The concept of inheritance is actually a spiritual thing. The, inher- the real inheritance on the earth is what the parent passes on to the child. Right? The house, the car, and all the other money and all that which is inherited is, is inheritance of the car and the money, praise the Lord, which is inherited is inheritance of natural physical substances. But that's not all that a child inherits from their father. Those are just the outward things that the child inherits from their father. The main inheritance that the child has from the father is his his genes. That is the real inheritance. That that is the one you can never refuse. No matter how much you hate your dad, there's nothing you can do about it. You have. He has given you what he wants to give you. What he has, that he has given unto you. There's nothing else. You might convert another person's own, but you cannot get another person's own. You have to do with your own inheritance and make do with what you inherited. So inheritance is actually the giving of life from the passage of life from the father to the child or from the father to, to the son. Praise the Lord. So that inheritance, the life of the father, is what the father wants to give to the child. So when you see inheritance in the scripture, to inherit, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. You see that also in the book of Revelation. Praise the Lord. Now, so inheritance, he said he had by inheritance. So you're seeing overcoming is by inheritance. And then 
Inher another thing for inheritance, what else does a child inherit from the parent? They inherit the name. That's the, one of the main things that the child, so the name in the physical which the father gives a son is a type of something real in the spirit. So the main reason for the purpose of the father, the role of the father in the spirit is to give the son his own name. To give the son his own what? His own name. Do you agree with me? Yes, to give the son. So as he had by inheritance obtained, let's read it. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. It says, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. So it's by inheritance you obtain name. You obtain this name by inheritance. Amen. Amen. Now, so this name, the Father's name, is one of the things. When Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 28, that said, okay, now you go into the world and then teach all nations. And you begin to also baptize them. Now the ultimate thing you need to baptize them with is the name of the Father. Yes, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of what? The Holy Spirit. But to get to the name of the Father, there are other names. That you must. So, Real inheritance in the spirit is actually the name of the Father. When a soul has received the name of the Father, that soul has come into what God has prepared for them that love him. You have come into what heaven's desire for a soul is that a soul will bear the name of the Father. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So the father, the father wants to put his name upon souls. Any person who is a child of God, who is a son of God, or you are a child of God in your identity, in your spirit, then you should then become a child of God in your soul. Once a soul becomes a child of God, that soul is actually a candidate for the name of the father. That's your calling. That's your destiny. The destiny is to, is to receive the word, the name of the Father. So, so you see these people, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's talk about this, the name, amen. Um, so the name of the Holy Spirit, that was very clear, that the name of the Holy Spirit is, is a kind of an inheritance, but it's not the ultimate inheritance. Praise God. When a soul has been baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, now when a soul is baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit, it's not the first day that they get born again. And it's not the day that the first time they get filled with the Spirit. The first time a soul gets filled with the Spirit, it's not the first day that, this, at that time, the person has not received the name of the Holy Ghost when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because... When you're talking about name, it, ha it doesn't have to do with your vessel being full. It has to do with the fullness here, the immersion here, is not talking about your own vessel being full. Why do they use immersion? 
Immersion means that it is fullness according to an external standard. Do you understand, sir? So it's not just that, hey, let me pour something inside you and fill you up. It's a different concept. It's that there's a river. The river has its own its level. It has nothing to do with you. But immersion is they bring you and they immerse you according to this another standard that is already there. You must get immersed into that own thing. So being filled in this sense is not talking about your vessel being full by itself. It's that the fullness of the Holy Ghost is actually a standard, a measure in the spirit. They say that this measure of Holy Ghost is called the fullness of the spirit. Now, but most of the time, once you just got, get born again, you cannot accommodate that whole thing. So, the first time, according to the, the capacity of your soul, maybe the day you got born again, when the Holy Ghost came upon you, they just pour a little. Maybe if this full thing, if it was full, was the whole of the Holy Spirit, so they say this is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That in the, and in the Spirit, they know. Angels know it. Beings in the Spirit, they know. They know that this is the fullness of the spirit, of that person called the Holy Spirit. And this is the fullness of the spirit. They can tell it. They can tell the fullness of the spirit. Praise God. And any soul that doesn't have the fullness of the spirit does not have the name of the Holy Ghost. Because if you have less than the fullness, it's not the name. It's another name. It's something. You're on the way to getting the name. But this is what they call the name of the Holy Ghost in the spirit. You understand what I mean? Yes. But let's say that when someone gets born, when he got born again, let's say compared to the fullness of the spirit, the space in his soul is maybe the size of this thing. <laughs> let's, just for example, I'm not saying. I'm just giving for an example. But it's not, it's not too way off. I mean, it's not comparing your capacity versus the fullness of the spirit. I mean, there's a gap there. Do you agree with me? Amen. So when a soul is born again, what they do, they just feel it. Let's see. How much spirit can this one take at this point? Let's say there's only two space inside you for Holy Ghost. The rest space is full of other things, okay? Let's not mention what those other things are. <laughs> Praise God. Now, when they do this, ah, it's full. It's overflowing. Yay! That's the feeling of being filled with the Holy Ghost, like this. Are you seeing this thing? Now, it's actually dropping because it's, it's filled or it's full. It has been filled. Is he filled? Yes, he's filled. What's the evidence? He's speaking in tongues. He can't control himself. Everything, gifts of the spirit and all of that. He's filled. Now, I want, I want you to see something. I want you to see something. What I want you to see is, I want you to see the purpose of the oracle of the milk. Why? There must be an oracle involved in the level of the milk of the world. Why? Because this size of thing cannot carry the entire fullness of the spirit. It can't. It just can't. So there has to be a way to expand the vessel. To keep expanding the vessel and expanding it. The purpose of the milk of the word is to expand the soul to be able to bear the name of the Holy Ghost. Yes. To bear the name of the Holy Ghost. Expand the soul. To bear that name. So... And to expand the soul to bear that name is increase of soul capacity, but it's not, talking, it's not growing you upwards to God. It's not talking about you receiving judgment, knowledge of God, and the persons of those other names, no. 
He's talking about just the measure of the Holy Spirit. There's a way they have to. They have to. So let me tell you something. That person called person, say person. Person, person called the Holy Spirit exists for you. The person of the Holy Spirit exists for who? For you and for me. In God, in their eternal past, they didn't need to become the three personalities. They didn't need to be three personalities. It was just God in the eternal past. When you see, saw them as three, is when they now say, okay, we want to now relate with creation. How can we relate with creation? We have to split ourselves in a way that creation can deal with us and come to our place. So we have to come into different persons, persons and distribute ourselves. And each person has his own job that he needs to accomplish in his soul. Do you agree with that? Yes. Each person has what? His own job. Uh-huh. So what's the main work of the Spirit? The main work of the Spirit is to facilitate, to facilitate dealings. To facilitate the Holy Ghost is one, he makes things flow. Where's, where God cannot go, spirit can go. His spirit, the spirit is an aspect of God that can travel far to any place. He's not scared of anything. You can go to hell and see Holy Ghost there. You might go, Holy Ghost, why hell? This nasty place. You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know why there's no conflict between Holy Ghost in, if, when he's, if he's in hell? It's because just raw spirit is the aspect of God that can, can travel without their laws, without the laws of their own person. He can travel anywhere, anything. He can stay. The Holy Ghost can rest on this hanky now. And then you take it to someone that's sick and throw it to them. And they, and they, and they are healed. And then you collect it back. I used to this is a physical thing, but Holy Spirit... That's how limitless he is. He can rest on a spiritual thing. Do you get what I'm saying? There is actually, there is no sphere of, of existence that the spirit of God cannot get to. He has no limitation. He has no boundary. There is no, because there is no fear of anything. He can permeate anything. He can go through anything. He can be in any place. He can come into the most messy human being and stay inside their heart and be there. Just because they are born again. Say, yeah, I'm coming. The only reason why he's not inside unbelievers is because they didn't let him. Mm. It's not because he's afraid of their sin. Yeah. No matter how wicked and bad and evil they are, the day they say, ah, I believe. Ah, hey. <laughs> we just enter there and stay there. Say, no problem, we are here. The day he's sinning, you say, don't be doing that thing, I've told you. Say, hey, only go, shut up. You believe? How can a man say that to the Holy Ghost? You've said it many times. Yes, sir. You've said it many yes, times. Sir. Yeah, you yes, said it. Yes, it's not your mouth. You, don't, you won't let it come out from here. But deep down inside, you just shh. <laughs> not time for that right now. It's time to sin. <laughs> then after sin, you say, hey, where are you? Ghost, ghost, come out. It's time to play now. And it's me. You say, oh, no problem. No, I'm still here. I'm still here. No, I won't go away. You're not the most messy thing I've seen. I've been to hell before. <laughs> Praise God. So, 
So, that's the, the, so that thing called the Holy Spirit is actually a design, God, in their merciful calculation. They say we need to have a person of our spirit, and he has a name. He has a, he has a fullness. So the fullness of the spirit is designed for a man to take, for a man to carry. So when a soul becomes full of the Holy Ghost, it becomes a Holy Ghost man. Yes. And the world has seen many Holy Ghost men. Yes, sir. Smith, we go for as a Holy Ghost man. Yes, sir. Uh, Kenneth E. Higgins was a Holy Ghost man. Yes, sir. Praise God. All, see those, all those apostles of Jesus, mm-hmm. they came into the Holy Ghost. Find me seven men full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. They were full of the Holy Ghost. Philip and all of those guys were full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Now, that Holy Ghost, say Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. has to come inside. So when he, they be, the reason why they feel a soul, and say, I got filled with the Holy Spirit today. He said, when, when, you got, when did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Ah, it was like two months after I got born again. I was in a meeting and then what happened? The Holy Ghost came on me and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. So the day they got born again, so it was like 10 years after, finally they were able to get them filled. So it's not like they didn't have Holy Ghost, but to fill them. The reason why being filled with the Holy Spirit is important is because it's by filling they expand the capacity. That's why you don't joke with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't play with it. Constantly, every day you must be getting filled. There should be no day where you are not filled with the, where you are not filled with the Spirit. What happened to you the first time it happened was just the beginning of something, right? Where he said, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And when they went into the Greek of what, it was, what was written in that verse, they discovered that be filled was actually in continuous terms. So it's, it's be being filled, be continuously filled. Don't be drunk with wine, but just continue being filled with the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So you ought to get filled. When you, you get filled, when you get filled yesterday, you get filled again. Because if you got filled yesterday, something happened to you. The, cap- the measure of the spirit it will take to fill you tomorrow will be more than what it took to fill you yesterday. So when a soul is used to getting filled, being filled, being filled, being filled, amen, being just continuously being filled with the Spirit, what will ha- be happening is that if they are, as they are, be, they are going through that experience, there's actually, they are raising up a fullness of a name. There should be one day that your own vessel is big enough and can take the fullness of the Spirit. They won't say, find me, Several men full of the Holy Ghost. If a man cannot be full of the Holy Ghost. So a vessel can and should be full. Now when a soul has become full of the Holy Ghost, then that soul has been baptized into the name of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing that? So being full of the Holy Ghost, you now say that it also includes teaching too. So you see teaching in that Matthew chapter 28. Aha. Uh-huh. So what is the teaching 
to make a soul full of the Holy Ghost is the milk of the word. The milk of the word is the teaching that makes a soul what, full of the Holy Ghost. Really, the milk of the word is the teaching of faith in the Lord Jesus and love for the saints. Faith in the Lord Jesus and what? Love for the saints. The faith in the Lord Jesus is the, uh, is the inward attitude that pushes against the limitations, the boundaries, the inward boundary of the soul to expand it. That's the faith in the Lord Jesus. Every time you're trying to say, to, like that Mark eleven twenty four prayer, Mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 24, Amen. That, amen. If you say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou what? And cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe that whatsoever he said shall come to pass. He shall have what he said. Now, you see, thou shalt not doubt in his heart, but believe. Now, to move a mountain, you now discover that a lot of times there. There, might, there need to be some kind of an exercise of the soul. What is the exercise? The exercise is to make you believe. To make you believe. If you believe, according to the size of the mountain, maybe. Because that mountain can represent different things. It could be sickness. It could be an ailment. It could be anything. According to the size of that mountain, there can be a mountain that you, ha, ah, this, this faith cannot do it all. <laughs> so when a soul meets a mountain that their faith cannot move, but there's a way to exercise the faith is to, is word. It's word. Now, it's not word con- that's teaching the nature of God and Christ. No, leave that first. They're talking about the milk of the word. It's just, it's word that can tell you about the ability of the Holy Ghost. Because who will move the mountain is the Holy Spirit. So, to be able to have that mountain move and have the belief. There's a word that can open the heart and expound it. So, so you see, faith and love. Faith, say faith and love. Whenever you see faith and love, faith and love means measurement. In the script, in the spirit, the ruler they use to measure soul is faith and love. Every soul development is measured in, in, in units of faith and love. It's a unit of measurement. In any aspect, when it comes to the, the nature of Christ, faith and love. Faith of the Son and charity. That's the way they measure a soul, their inheritance in Christ. Praise the Lord. Even in terms of the soul's ability to receive God, is also in terms of faith and love. Faith and love are the, is the yardstick of measurement, measuring the spiritual development. When you say, ah, this soul is so developed spiritually, okay, they'll say, let's check it. How much faith and love? They'll check it, okay, how much faith and love is in there? They'll now check, okay, what kind of faith? And what kind of love? So, when it comes to faith and love, you see there is, it is both quantitative and qualitative. Do you agree? Faith and love are both quantitative and then what? Qualitative. So the quality of faith and love in the oracle of the milk of the world is not the same quality of faith and love in the oracle of the meat of the world. 
Neither is it the same quality of faith and love in the oracle of the strong meat of the world. Those things change. They change in their quality. Say quality. What is the quality? The quality is according to what kind of nature they want to produce. Do you get that? What kind of what? Nature. You know, discover that a soul can be so fat and big and has much capacity in the Holy Ghost, but so slim in Christ. So slim. Now, that's possible because the Holy Ghost is the first layer. You can expand the lower layer, but you've not touched the other layer that should come on top of it. Now, you cannot begin to build the layer of nature of Christ if the Holy Ghost <laughs> is like trying to put a giant uh, weight upon a toothpick. You can't do that. You can't rest the nature of Christ where there is no foundation of the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So the, the, I said the Holy Ghost is also a foundation. It's a kind of foundation as well. Amen. So when I'm talking about expanding your soul, I'm not just talking about just your overall soul expansion. Your soul can be very fat and rich in the name of the Holy Ghost, but lean in Christ, not have riches in Christ. Do you understand what I mean? But you must first become full of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. So when it comes to Christ, it's the same thing. The Holy Ghost is the foundation of Christ. Christ is the foundation of God. Holy Ghost is the foundation of Christ. Christ is what the foundation of God. So when it comes to God and God will say, okay, I want to now bring my own fullness. They have to first of all check, okay, is there a foundation of Christ in that soul? Now, what is that foundation of Christ? Is the, is the name of Christ, right? He said, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let him that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the foundation of God is the name of Christ. What is the name of Christ? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. which Ephesians chapter 4 speaks about. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? So we're blessed with that. Now, so, um, but the ultimate name, like I said, is the name of the Father. The name of the Father. Every soul must strive to get to that name. Now, are you seeing this thought? Now, when I say name of the Father, I'm saying it, it's an abstraction. It first hits you as an abstraction. Okay, name of the Father. That's where, that's where the, Riches of understanding need to come in. Book of Colossians. That you had been knit together in love. Unto what? The full. Unto the full assurance of understanding. Colossians chapter 2. Verse, verse 2, very quickly. It says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches. Say all riches. all riches. 
unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding than to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now, you see, they say God, Father of Christ. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit here. They, they stopped at Christ. They didn't go below Christ into the Holy Spirit because the, the beginning of mystery is Christ. The Holy Spirit, you say, ah, what do you mean? Holy Spirit is not a mystery. Yeah, it's not really, it's not a mystery. The Holy Spirit is not a mystery, it's not mysterious. The Holy Spirit is not mysterious. Real mystery. The Holy Spirit is the most manifest that God can be. It's because you are thinking about it from your physical point of view. But when you think about God, you now realize that actually, ah, that's true. When you say Holy Spirit, you can have a concept. It's actually the most manifest that God can be. God himself. Then you see the Father. That Father that Jesus was speaking about. I said no man can even see. Say, no man has seen God at any time. Now, but the only begotten son, he had beheld him. Beheld, he has declared him, sorry. That God, the Father, then you see the nature of the Son, and then you see even the Christ nature. The Christ nature. When, they, when you look at the person of Jesus, let's say in the Gospels, the part that are manifest concerning Jesus are things he did by the Holy Spirit. When he was feeding the 5,000 with bread, who was multiplying the bread? It's the Spirit. That's just Holy Spirit for you. What parted the Red Sea? Spirit hit the element to the water to shift. The water was moving. The Holy Spirit is so manifest that if the Holy Spirit is so heavy and it lands on you, you can get slain on the floor physically. You can just be on the floor for some time. Do you know what I mean? That's just the, 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 Holy, the Holy Spirit can, there's no leg here. He can grow it out. A new leg will come out. That's the Holy Spirit because he, there's a way he, he can touch elements very, very, very easily. He can touch elements right from Genesis chapter 1. That's where you saw him. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth and then it, it appeared physically. Amen. And the earth was without form and void. And he saw the Spirit of God was upon what? was moving on the face of the deep. Just moving. That deep waters, that physically you can go and wash your hand inside. The Spirit of God was moving upon it. And as God was speaking, he was using God's word to frame the, the elements, putting things in place, creating was Spirit of God. So, isn't that thing very manifest thing? I mean, you see just things just appearing and all of that. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. You, you get what I mean? So, so the Holy Spirit is, because it says spirit, it can deceive you. You feel, ah, the Holy Spirit, that's very, very invisible. He's very, 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 you can even feel him. When he comes on you, you can feel him. So the Holy Spirit is the most manifest aspect of who? The most manifest aspect of who? So because his own person is not mysterious. But he is the one who is a searcher of mysteries. They are the other aspects of the persons of God. You see the person of the Son, and you see the person of the Father. 
Aha. Those. So there's a. Praise God. So in the spirit, there is difference between persons and nature. Can you tell the difference? There's difference between persons. I'm talking about in God now. There's difference between persons and nature. Persons and nature. They are not the same. When you look at the persons, a person, for example, can have, can carry portions of natures. Right? Aha. Uh-huh. So when you have Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person that is not designed to carry the natures of God in himself. In natively by himself. Rather, for him to bring the nature, he must fetch it from, he must touch one of the other two persons and bring nature from them. That was John chapter 16. He said, but when he comes, he will not speak of himself. I'll be there, I have many things to say unto you, you cannot bear them now. But when he, when he, the spirit of truth, he, the spirit of truth, they will, you will not see, hear the Bible say, the spirit is truth. No, he is the spirit of truth. But the son is truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. God himself is truth, the only true God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Their beings are truth, but he is the spirit of truth. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, when they, when they call him spirit of truth, is when he enters into an office to begin to minister other persons of God. So, or natures that are couched natively in other persons of God. He can minister them. For, he, for the Holy Spirit to minister truth, he must fetch truth from the other persons. Because the way they distributed themselves, they decided this is, we are the one who will hold the truth. You, are, you will be our spirit. And our spirit, you will be able to do a lot much more than things that pertain to truth. You can do many, many, many other things. Praise the Lord. But then there will be a time when he will become, he will stand as the spirit of truth. And when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will then guide you into all truth. What is the meaning of that? Huh? So it means that when he comes, it doesn't mean you have truth by him coming. Because if he was truth, when he comes, it means you already have truth by him being there. But he himself it is not the essence of truth. That he is the spirit of truth. That when he comes, he will now have to guide you into all truth. How will he do it? For he will not speak of himself, but that which he hears. It means he hears. Can we read it, please? Let me not just be quoting it. John chapter 16. Praise God. John chapter 16, verse 13. Amen. It says that, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. You see that. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Then he will show you what? Things to come. Verse 14, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and then show it unto you. So that means the Holy Ghost has to receive from the other persons. 
for him to show it. Anything he's showing to you, he has to fetch them out from the other persons. Am I making some sense? Praise God. Uh So you now understand the concept of the name of the Holy Ghost. Right? The name of the Holy Ghost. So it's very clear the name of the Holy Ghost is not just talking about the presence of the person. I said you can't talk about name without talking about measure. It's a measure. It's actually talking about a, cap, a level of capacity that a soul must have had in the Holy Ghost. When he has that, that capacity that, is, that has fullness of the Spirit, they say this person has been baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost. Right? And so the teaching of the milk of the word, all the point of the teaching of the milk of the word is to increase the capacity for the Holy Ghost. The reason why it's someone who is in the milk of the world, they will permit such a person to face mountains. So it's for the exercise of faith. So that in the exercising their faith, they can increase the word capacity. So the, the, the milk of the world is the, is the teaching that they so need to have on how they can expound their capacity for the Holy Ghost. That's how the journey of the milk is. The journey of the milk is using the spirit and using faith. As you're using faith and using the spirit, they're expanding your capacity. After a while, you will, you will have so much, you will, you will be getting more and more feel. That's a sign of somebody who is, is using the milk well, is that their level of, of fullness, capacity of the spirit begins to increase and increase and increase and increase and increase. Praise God. Now, so when it comes to to Christ, um, you will see um, they now begin to engage something else. So if somebody who is baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit is filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, then he who is baptized with in the name of the Son. Now, like I said before, there is difference between persons and just natures. Aha. When, when it comes to the Son, it becomes a little bit more tricky. Eh? Son. So what is Son? You know the Son, the person of the Son. Okay, is the Son nature of Christ? Alone. Is the son nature of Christ alone? When you say the son now. <laughs> no. What, what, so he's both nature of Christ. It's very clear that the son has the nature of the Holy Ghost. The son has the nature of the Holy Ghost, that's for sure. The Son also has the nature of Christ in him. And then there's one thing the Son has too, the nature of his Father. Now, but does the Son have the fullness of the nature of his Father? He doesn't have the fullness. 
He doesn't have the fullness. And that's the interesting thing with a son. A son. Say son. So who they call son is the offspring of the father. Who is the offspring of the father who has been begotten of the father. In other words, he has come into the, the genes of the father. Right? He's the genes of the father. And when you come into that thing, that thing, that state in the spirit of a son, the name of the son is actually another demarcation of fullness. What makes the, what makes the demarcation is that that person moves you into another level of training. Coming into that place moves you into another what? Level. Another level of training. The level of training is the, le- the level of training of the, the fatherhood of God. The father. So the purpose of the name of the father is to raise a father. The purpose of the name of the son is to raise a son. The purpose of the name of the father is to raise a father. To raise a father. Praise God. Like Jesus himself. Jesus himself. Today, now, where he's seated at the right hand of the father. He has the name of the Holy Ghost. He has the name of the Son. He has the name of the Father. Right now, that Jesus. Right? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Those things mean something. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now, Prince of Peace is very clear. That Prince of Peace is talking about the ultimate, actually, a Prince of Peace is actually an eternal being. Prince of peace. A prince of peace. The prince of peace. That word peace is a is a realm of the peace is talking about the realm of God. When a, a, a man crosses over and enters into a place where he has actually where a man has has complete divorce from all the enemies of God. What are the enemies of God? The enemies of God are the natures of God's enemy inside a man. All the things that Satan has put there, things he has taught men, the way we are, our nature. There will be a point where a man has, has been has removed, those things have been dealt with. That such a person has come into dealings of peace. Right? But when you say a person is a prince of peace, we've seen the word prince. So a prince is actually like, is actually higher than a king. Going with scripture, the era of the Bible. The prince is, a, is actually, a prince can have other kings under him. Yes, sir. Cut. 
Praise God. Although we know that prince to be the guy who is seated on the throne, physically in the natural realm, that's what they call prince. The prince is the person who is sitting beside him. But when you look, when you look at really, you think about it in, sense, in the sense of the dominion. In the essence of the dominion, the prince, the prince is the future of the kingdom. The prince is the evolution of the king. That's why the way the, when a wicked guy wants to end the kingdom, they will leave the king there. They will keep, finish the prince. That's the sense. That's why, that's why Pharaoh was after the male, male, male children. That's why God killed. God killed his own firstborn and left him. It means that when God killed his firstborn, he has finished him. And even the Pharaoh knew he had been finished. The prince is, you see all the investment of the kingdom, right? The, key, the prince is the future. Everything that the king is doing now is the, the education of the prince. You know how they were educating the prince, the prince in Egypt then? He will have all kinds of scholars around him. Things that the king doesn't even know. He himself, he knows it. That's why in, that's why in the present, God's right, the way God sits right now in heaven, there's some things that I don't. I have to be careful. I don't want to see too many things that might throw us. But let me tell you something. Are you seeing that that area of right hand in heaven? Yeah. That place, right hand. Yeah. Say right hand. Right hand. You will, the dealings you find in the right, the things you find in the right hand. If you just look at the throne directly, you won't see them. Because the throne of God in the present heaven is a throne. He said, "I have prepared my throne in heaven." The earth is my footstool and everything. Now, you see that throne in the heaven is, the throne means, throne means, praise God, say throne. Throne, throne is, the, is the seat of an active dominion. Now, I mean, you see, he has prepared his throne in heaven. His kingdom ruleth over all. That's Psalm 103. His kingdom ruled. So the throne is what is the dominion that's working right now? That's where. That's the difference. The difference between the, the throne and the right hand is that the throne is the presently working, operating dominion. Who is what is reigning right now? The right hand is who is the dominion of the future. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? That's why they put Jesus at the right hand. He sits at the right hand of majesty. Do you know why? Because the, the, the manifestation of God on the throne in heaven is not the full manifestation of God. It's not the eternal God. The, 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 a God who can sit in the present heaven is, is a, the God that, is, that sat there to reign over the present creation. Body, including the present heaven and the present earth. He's seated in that throne. That throne is the source of the dominions you can find in the present. Right? I mean, who is, in a way, who is in power now? Like, who is actually, who is, where is the dominion, the rule of all creation coming from? That's for the present. So the, the throne of God in, the hev- in heaven is very clear. That throne is the throne of the present, of God in the present. And that's not the full manifestation of God. 
Do you get what I'm saying? But that, you see that right hand? There's something about the right hand. That, that right hand is how the power of the right hand is greater than the present. The power of the right hand is actually eternal. The right hand is the springing board into the world to come. When you get to the, the thought of the right hand, is not thinking about the present. The throne is dealing with the present. The right hand is thinking about the world to come. The, the meditation of the right hand is thought about the world to come. So, so Jesus right now is not the one reigning in the present. He's God, his father, who has his own throne in the present and has his own manifestation for the present creation. But, but Jesus is, is, is better than the present. He said, just sit at your right hand until your enemies have been made your footstool. His enemies are the enemies of his body. His body needs to join him there too. That's why when they, that's why when they are bringing your own salvation to you, they are, they, they are not making you a man of the present heaven. He made you a new creation. Yes. 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 A new creation is a creation of the new heaven and the new earth. Yes. It's an entity of the new heaven. Yes. So the truth is that the throne that you are supposed to sit upon, that Revelation chapter 3 throne, is not the present throne hey. where God is seated right now hey. in heaven. That's not the throne that they made you. You yourself, you are a species of another world. It's soul, of the new creation soul. That's just the, that's the truth. That's just the truth. That's the truth. When, when the angels see you, Kai, that throne, that's what we saw the last time on Wednesday, that you see that throne of God right now in the present. So you saw that they are living creatures who are carrying it. But those living creatures cannot carry the throne of the heavens to come. They are not framed for that world. They are not framed to operate. In the book of Hebrews, it says, for he has not committed the world to come into the hands of angels. Hebrews chapter 2. He hasn't. He hasn't. That's why we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Let's what? At any time. At any time. We should let them sleep. So the new creation, you are, you are being created. That's why it's, a, it's an, almost an insult to your, the work of God to say that my goal is to go to heaven. Whereas God is saying, it's not about going to heaven. God, I want to, I'm preparing you for another world to come. It's not about just going to heaven. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. So he said, knowing all these things, that the, the heaven will be melted and all it will pass away with fervent heat. He said, what manner of persons ought he to be in all manner of conversation? Looking for and hastening unto what? Looking for an hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being what? On fire shall melt and dissolve with fervent heat. Amen. He said, Wherefore we also look for new heavens and a new earth. That's first Peter. Sorry, second Peter. Second Peter chapter three verse what? Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What, what will dissolve? Both the present earth and the present heaven. In Hebrews chapter 1, he said, like a vesture shall thou fold them up. He said, the, the heavens wax old as not a garment. He said, but thou remainest. 
who, who did they say remains? After they spoke about him sitting down. Yeah. said, I throne, oh God, is forever. Yes. Hebrews chapter 1, am I correct? That was the same chapter. After they bring it in the first begotten into the world, they say, let all the angels worship him. Including the living creatures who are carrying the present throne in heaven. So let all of them worship him. Why? Being made so much better. See, so much better. When they say, when they say look, listen, 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 listen. So therefore God had highly exalted him and given him a name equal to the highest name. No. Higher, above every other name. Yes. But they now tell you in what region? Both in the heaven, on earth. We need the earth. So if someone has a name that's above every other name in heaven, it means it's not a heavenly, present heavenly species. Yes. The yes, name sir. of Jesus, he actually has a name of the world to come. Yes, sir. Yes, Praise God. Then God said unto him in Hebrews chapter, chapter 1, Say, thy throne, O God. Thy throne, O God. So they call him thy throne, O God. O God, O God, is forever. The scepter of thy kingdom is righteousness. For you love righteousness, you hated wickedness. Therefore God, even your God, that's the God of, of the God, was, te was telling the God. That, Therefore your God, <laughs> God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Oil of gladness above, above your fellows. Then later they now began to speak about when he created in the down in the beginning, or when you made the heavens and all of that. The earth is your is your footstool and everything. He said they shall perish. Hebrews chapter 2. We are quoting Hebrews chapter 2 now. He was talking about the heavens and everything. They shall perish, but thou remainest. But thou remainest. Like a vesture, you will fold them up. You fold them up like a, like a vesture. They shall be changed. But your own years shall not fade. So when they say that you are made a new creature, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, you're talking about a new creature for another world, a new world, for a world to come. Amen. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you this morning? Yeah. See, whenever you are, you are choosing to subject yourself to newness, anybody who is doing that kind of thing, see that kind of, that kind of a job, men don't do that kind of thing. Men are busy doing their different, the best, the best men on the earth give money to charity. That's the best they can do. Give money. Someone's soul is perishing. A rich man will come, okay, let's give him some money. Yeah. And he will take the money and go and perish more with it. Jesus. You amplify his ability to perish. <laughs> Amen. Like, I, love the, I love these things. The first world, then the third world. The first world feeling in a position to help the third world, but they are more dead than the third world. Yeah. Empty dead souls with money. Yeah. Um, can we give you education? Well, the person they are helping, who, who can't eat because he doesn't have money, and poverty, who lives less than a dollar a day, has more life in his soul than the other one. That's just the, the present is just funny. It's just funny. It's just a very funny arrangement. That if you know, like, a soul who is devoted to that, that task 
of being a new creation. Who is doing it secretly? Nobody even knows what he's doing. He's just in his own place, in one corner of the earth somewhere. Can just be in one. Nobody even knows he's doing anything but inside of him. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing such a person? Angels, they, they see, they watch. Every time you are changing to something new, ah, angels are like, are you seeing that new thing again? The other angel will call the other one. Hey, look at that. You don't think they speak in tongues? Huh? Peter in first Peter said that things which angels desire to look into. Right? They desire to look. They desire to look into. Even prophets of old, those cloud of witnesses, who never experienced the new creation. When they were prophesying concerning it, Isaiah, Jeremiah. As they, they want to know what is this thing we are talking about. Huh? What is this nature? This, what is inside this thing? This nature. What they were prophesying concerning the Messiah. And they know, they know this Messiah will also be a prophet. What kind of prophet is he? I, I can imagine as I, after prophesying, go and be, we'll go and be thinking. What did I, what is this, who is this man going to be? This person. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He said, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Hey, His name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. As I know, he doesn't have that name. You know who, you know who they call counselor? Who everybody should listen to? Imagine a name called counselor in the spirit. That's who Jesus is. He's a counselor. Counsel. Counselor. When you don't know what to do, talk to him. He can tell you what to do. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Say the prophets and of old, they desired to look into these things. But it was said that not unto them were these things given, but unto us, but unto us are these things given, which are now reported unto us by those who have preached the gospel to us by the Holy Ghost sent down from what? From heaven. With things angels desire to what? Look into. They say, wherefore, guard up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that should come to you at the revelation. That's First Peter chapter 1. Chapter, chapter 1 verse 12. Praise God. Are you saying, say which things? Angels desire to look into. So it means that when we are in a meeting and an angel is bringing a message, when they are, talk, when they are saying it, they desire to look into it. When it's an angel is looking into something, you know the word angel, every angel is framed a messenger. So the nature, when you say, when you say ah, an angel, like, is a, this one is a living creature. What that means is not that he has the originality of the life of the living creature. What that means is that his life is a message of the living creature. That's what is an angel. An angel is a message. He's a, an angel, his life is a pattern. Now the person they want to give the life can read it and receive the life. But he is a, is a, is a minister of it. 
You saw how they framed them. We were reading Ezekiel chapter 1 the other time. Talk about their own wheels, how they frame their body, their wings, how they carry God, their patterns. But you see, those patterns are actually nature of life that need to be framed inside you and I. So whenever they are seeing it happening, they are a marvel. That's why Jesus was a wonder. What is a wonderful? Was that not a wonder? So when they bring it in the first begotten into the world, they let all the angels, let them worship him. They began, they began to worship. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank, thank you. you, Jesus. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank Lord you, Jesus. thank you, thank you, yes. thank you, Jesus. Thank yes. you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. 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 For you are my chosen one. You are my chosen one for to live my life consciously. You are my chosen one that I want to give my life to. You are my chosen one that all the creatures on earth will see my life in you. You are the chosen one for to manifest my life. Yeah. You are the chosen one for to carry and own my life. Mm. You are the chosen ones. Men are the chosen ones. For I am mindful of man. Much yes. more than anything, I am mindful of man. That men will inherit my life. Mm. That men would own my life. Even mm -hmm. the angels are longing and rejoicing for the manifestation of my life in men. They are longing for that is how they even worship me much more for they see my life in you. For you are my chosen one. You are my chosen one. And I am sending many, many, many more patterns for you to see. For you to see that you would come into my life. I have sent you. I have sent grace. Grace has come to you. Grace is coming to you. Grace is come to you. Grace is coming. Grace has come to you. 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 For much more than those natures that are injuring you back. Access grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Key into grace. For this life is a gracious life. It is a gracious life. It is a life that is full of grace. I am ministering grace to you. I am immersing you in grace. I bring you grace. Says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We receive grace. We receive grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Um, so that Colossians chapter 2, they, they said that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, 
and unto all riches of the word, full assurance of understanding. Right? To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. So you see, they, they spoke of mystery of God, the mystery of the Father, and then the mystery of what? And the mystery of Christ. The mystery. So, the seal, the seal, that the ultimate mystery is the mystery of God, right? That's the final mystery. Now, the final mystery of God is what the, the seal of the Father's name. Or the seal of the living God is, the, is also a foundation. I said every seal is a foundation. The seal of the living God is the foundation for the receiving of the mystery of God. Right? But in the, they mentioned the seal of the Father, and they mentioned what? Also, the, sorry, the, the mystery of the Father, and then the mystery of Christ. So, you can relate seal to name, but you can also relate seal to mystery. Seal. The seal. A seal is the the seal is the crowning of a mystery. It's the covering of a mystery. So th these mysteries they are talking about here is there's a way this mystery ought to occur. The Holy Spirit, someone can have the Holy Spirit, but nobody has the Holy Spirit mysteriously. You don't have the Holy Spirit mysteriously. You have the Holy Spirit. You just have the Holy Spirit. Because he's, they didn't make him a mystery. But nobody can have the nature of Christ without in a non-mysterious way. Because that's how those natures are framed in the spirit. The nature of Christ is a mystery. The nature of the Father is a mystery. The nature of God, these are actually mysteries. Now what is the meaning of this? What's, when you say it's a mystery, what does it mean? It means that to actually, to actually access those natures, search must happen. Right? Some, a kind of search must happen. It also means that that nature, you can't just, someone can ask me, hey, I have a question, what's the nature of Christ? I say, okay, nature of Christ is, you can't explain it that way. There are many, any time for that nature to, to move, that's what there must be, series of unlocking and unlocking and unveiling and unveiling and unveiling. Said, hope to the grace that will come to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It, has, it means that those natures are not. Imagine a nature that it can be given to a people, but the control of how the nature moves is actually up there in the hand of God. Right? That thing, see, I had not seen, ear had not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. I had not seen ear, had not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of any man. But he had revealed them to us, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, right? But he has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yeah, the hidden mysterious things of what they call, yeah, the deep things of God. 
That word deep things of God, it's talking about all the things that God has hidden, is hid inside the depths, his depths. That those things I had not seen, air had not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of any man. It doesn't enter. But the way men can receive it, that is revealed to us by his spirit. Because how, how the spirit receives it. So it's given, but he has been revealed to us by his spirit, by the spirit. Now, we had the spirit, but having the spirit doesn't equate having those things. Because the spirit, to give them to you, for the spirit, what? Search it, all things. So until the spirit is being authorized to search things for you, you cannot receive those things. Because those things are not natively in the spirit. The spirit must search them. He's a searcher. He won't, what he hears, he will reveal that. He will show you, he will take of what is mine. How does he take them? He has to search. Now, when, in, in that, that John chapter 16, what is the thing that are mine? Later he now said, but all things that the Father had are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of what is mine and show them to you. Praise God. So when they are talking about the acknowledgement of the mystery now, like I said, when you say, ah, we are receiving, you receive the seal of the Father's name. I just mentioned a serious abstraction. That if you just hear that thing, you can easily just say, ah, Father's name, Father's name, Father's name. Ah, it sounds like a movie. <laughs> like a storybook. No, I'm telling you, you go from the Holy Ghost to the Christ to the Father. It can sound, you know, once you take this to your mind, our natural mind, and try and handle that thought, you just receive it the way you read comic books. It's hard. You cannot tie your person to that thing and, and have it sit as a reality without the acknowledgement of the mystery. Or as this verse put it, that your heart being knit together. How do you knit something? You have to start from tiny. Have you seen someone knitting before? With a knitting needle and thread. Pattern. There's a pattern that this person is doing. Are you seeing the painstaking activity of producing maybe a garment? You want to produce a garment. From one end, you just start knitting and knitting, knitting. That is through that knitting. What they are knitting into you is actually a mystery. That's the only way that, you see those, those other names, it's not the same way. Mm. The way you receive Holy Ghost, though, you can never receive mm. the name of the Son mm-hmm. and the name of the Father like that. There is an, it's another different thing. Why? Because you're talking about mm. mysterious nature. Mm. Imagine a nature that an angel cannot just have. Mm. Uh-uh. When one of them wanted to have it, he ended up in him killing himself, destroying oh. himself forever. Yes. And everybody brought that gospel too. That I will exalt myself above the throne. You know what? You know what that means. So he said he will exalt himself above the stars of God. I will exalt myself above the height of the clouds. Do you know what it means to be above the height of the clouds? Above all the cherubic entities. He first said, above the stars of God, those are the realm of powers and principalities. Then I will, I will now above them upon the mountain in the sides of the north. That's the holy place. He said he will stand there. Then I said, okay, I will still exalt myself above the, the, what? 
the height of the clouds. That's the third heavenly dimension. And I will be like the most high. That's an angel saying that. Do you want to say that thing? That was the, that was what? <laughs> what happened? As he, was, as he was just talking, what happened? After a while, they just found out. You, you actually, in this realm, you really don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> your, your existence has been deleted from this place. Why? Because you've broken. That, those things are not for you. Mm. It's not given to you. So, now, do you think that if Satan can have the life of God, the raw life, I mean this life that they are, they are, they are bringing to us, you think he won't get it? There's a way for him to have it. He wants it. The, his sin was that he wanted it. That's actually his sin. What was his sin? That was just his sin. He actually wanted it. He wanted to have that life. And there's nothing he can do to it. Well, now, why? Because it's a mystery. So it's not something that, it means that someone can know all the knowledge in the world and not know anything about that life. Yeah. And they can, they can do that and they can be coming to meetings like this and sitting down there. Mm. And they will hear everything that's being said, but they can still not access that life. Mm. Because it hasn't entered into the heart of any man. It's not just in the English. It's not just in the scripture. I went and did Satan has read the Bible back and forth. For him to be quoting Bible to Jesus, he knows Bible. He is a Bible. <laughs> he has the pattern in himself. Praise God. But you see that operation of what he had revealed them to us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is only the Holy Ghost can take pattern and convert it to life. Nobody else has that algorithm to convert pattern to life. So when someone is reading the scripture, you are seeing the pattern by the spirit. Then the Holy Ghost, you now take the soul through what they call the leading of the spirit. It's an operation. And just anybody can, can go through that kind of process of being led by the Spirit. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, according to Romans chapter 8, they are the sons of God. Of course, sonship with God, talking about those are inheritors of the things that God has to give to men. So without leading, it's very clear, Satan cannot be led by the Spirit of God. That thing called leading of the spirit is only men that can have it. Angels in heaven can never be led by the spirit. Angel, their function is framed into who they are, and they can never leave their place. The day they were created, they are said so. Out of this pattern, this is the pattern you hold. Forever you are holding that pattern. That's an angel for you. But when it comes to man, man is different. Man was designed to be led by the spirit. Yes. What is leading? From one estate, one new estate, yes. to another new estate. Yes. Leading is upwards. Mm. Leading, is, leading is to how do they lead you? What's the purpose of leading? Your present configuration and image and person. The leading of the spirit is to lead you from this image, person to your next person. 
Do you understand what I mean? Yes. The newness we're talking about is to bring you to your next newness. And that newness is actually something, it never occurred to any man. That formation. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, you can't, a soul, that, that thing called the leading of the spirit is more than, ah, God, I, I, I should go here today. Hey, hey, this is who I will marry. This is, that's not more than, it's more than that. When I say the, lead, the, lead, the leading of the spirit is a complex operation that is actually by, of course, by revelation. Amen. Revelation, which is the first of all, scriptural revelation. Amen. Then, walking in your heart, then to when they want to lead you, they will cause you to see life. The life is, they will make you see another conversation. Or another inheritance. Or another portion of the name. Or another word is to make you better. They were being made so much better. So much means it was being made better. Progress, being, process. It was being made so much better. By, and the angels, are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the sight of, of leading of the spirit, joining in the spirit, is when they can open up the heart. The person's soul. Someone gets, doesn't get led from here. You get led from here. Leading of the spirit is, is, is deep inside here. And what you see, what the heart is framed to see is not what the mind is necessarily framed to see. The, the mind can see different things. It can see different... Um, the mind can see different actions. Ah, I need to go do this. I need to be a prayer warrior. I need to be someone who studies the word. I need to be this. And those things are all good. Desire them. But don't stop there. If those are, the, are all you have in your mind, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do that. Ah! I need to stop doing this thing. I need to stop. That's good. It's good. Enjoy that thing. But you see that thing in your mind, if you have, that's all you have. And you cannot see more than that. You'll be constantly strive to, striving to do those things, but you will not be able to. You won't be able to because the problem is that this man is the one trying to do those things. Leading of the spirit is to change this man to the man who can do those things. Do you see? It's another, it's another kind of sight. Another, it's another way of being. It's another method of spirituality. That many Christians don't think in that way. Many Christians think of what they need to go and do to please God. Like we've been saying about, it's the same thing. We are getting here to the same, the same matter. But we don't think about who is the kind of man who does those things naturally. Can I see that man and become that man? That's it. That's it. Being made so much better. Being made so much better. Being, so it's not... That's why the, those who cry, I did many works in your name. Go and depart from me. I never knew you. You don't understand what we're doing here. You don't know what we're talking about. We're, like who they will present is not a man who did many things. It's that when they see him, they won't ask you, what have you done? You are the answer. You are, you are the answer to the question that, that we want to... Do you know what I mean by that? You know the image of we thought of heaven that they will play a video screen behind you. Ah, that day you stole, you stole that meat. That day, you know, you see the video. Ah, I thought I, I thought I did this in secret. God, so you, 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 your video camera got me. 
So hereby, hereby banish you to. No, it's not that. That's not how the way it is. You know what I mean? By the time your person just arrives, ah, they know. when you they know. In fact, they've been tracking you since. They are tracking your your person. Yes, sir. Like Jesus, they've been tracking him. They just, just they know who he was. Even in this, even demons knew who he was when they when they were coming. They were crying. He didn't talk to them. They were the ones just crying. How did Satan know who he was? How? Praise God. They want to now begin to unveil our profession to us. That is, you see, this is, is it in your profession. It's the profession of the change of person. That's just your, that's your profession. See, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Say so you can change. Say I'm a changer. That's who I am. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a person in motion. I'm being what led. Who? He that is led by the Spirit, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. See, the, the image of sons are beings who are being, who, are, who God can lead. They are leading you from one person, changing. That's what they call changing to glo- from glory to glory. Changing you from what? Glory to glory is newness to newness, newness to newness, newness to newness. So that revelation, the revelation of, that it will bring to your soul is the revelation of, see, don't waste your time on any other revelation that is not a revelation about the next you you should become. Don't waste your too much time on other things. The next person. So the purpose of preaching the word of God is to magnify the image. When you're hearing the word, you should be seeing the next, the next formation. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what takes this message from the abstraction, impossibility, to that walkable kind of place. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, in the book of Revelation, where we read, <coughs> Revelation chapter, chapter 7, right? So you see the seal of the living God in verse 2. You say, I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the sea, the earth and the sea, saying, Hot not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the word, servants of God in their foreheads. So that was the, then they went to list the 12,000 from each tribe, 12,000 from 12 tribes, that's the 144,000 of them. That we see them again in chapter 14, Revelation chapter 14. 
verse 1. It says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their word, four heads. Having his father's name, what? Written in their four heads. Praise God. So, the lamb, who is a lamb? A lamb means, is a, a lamb is the soul, the person. Praise God. Who is a lamb? Lamb, lamb. Okay. Lamb is one who has been led to the end. Right? Praise God. In chapter in chapter five, you saw the lamb chapter four. Chapter four. Praise God. Praise God. Then chapter 5. Amen. You saw the image of the lamb, right? Verse 6, it says, chapter 5, verse 6, And beheld, and lo, in in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So you see, the image on the throne is a lamb. So who is a lamb that, that is slain? That's the image of Jesus. Jesus eternally is the eternal lamb of God. Right? Then you see his final image in the spirit is this image on the throne is the lamb as though he has been slain. So a lamb that has been slain is a lamb that has fulfilled leading. The, a lamb that has gotten to the end of being led. You know, you said I was being led as a lamb to the slaughter. So the, the final point where the lamb is slain, it means that the lamb didn't turn back. The lamb actually was led to the end. So a lamb that was slain is a soul that has been led to the end by God. And that thing is actually, that is actually the image in Paul, that was in Paul's mind when he was speaking about being made conformable to his death. What it means, that means is that the Lord should, it's actually a confirmation. I need to be conformed to his death. It means that I need to, to be led the same way he was led to the point of his death, which is the fulfillment of his own, of his own leading. Praise the Lord. Now, the lamb which we are following is a lamb that has finished his own leading. He knows the cause. He has passed through the cause. He's already won with the way. He's not struggling with, the, with, with submitting to leading, to being led by God. So you now see this lamb. Let's see that again. Chapter 7, chapter 14. Quick before we close. Just want to pass this one thing across and then we can close today. Praise God. 
This is chapter 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him 140 and 4,000, having his father's name written where? In their foreheads. So those who have the father's name written in their foreheads are those who, who stand with the lamb. Right. Who are with the lamb. They are with the lamb. Now, what makes them with the lamb? They are not just with him. They are those who follow the lamb. So, to get to this point where they had a father's name in their forehead, praise God. In verse 4, okay, let's read on just quickly to verse 4. It says, and I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn the song but the hundred and forty and four thousand, which were redeemed from the earth. Verse 4. These are they which were not defiled with women, but they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. For these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and unto what? And unto the lamb. Amen. So for them to arrive at this point with the lamb, the Bible says that these are they, verse 4, which followed the lamb whithersoever he goeth. So it's very clear that the servants of God are those who have come to a place where they can follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. Right. Following the lamb where he's going to is what will result in a person being sealed with the what? With the name, with the name of the Father. Right? Following the Lamb where he's going is what will result in the person being what? Sealed with the name. Now, of course, we know this Lamb is Jesus. Right? Jesus is the Lamb of God. When Jesus came on the scene, John shouted and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away what? The sin. So it's very clear that actually the word Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus coming into the estate as the Lamb of God is when he actually came, he came into the school of God's own everlasting life. God's everlasting life. The school of Lambs is a school of everlasting life. Or the school, when you say the lamb, the lamb, Christ, the nature of Christ is not the lamb of God. The nature of Christ is not what? It's not the lamb. It's not the lamb of God. I've done enough to differentiate between natures that you can accept that. Say, what do you mean Jesus Christ is not the lamb? Hey, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Think about all the other things I've said. You understand why, why I'm saying that. Uh-huh. I'm not saying Jesus. I already said Jesus is the lamb. Yes. We, already, we already saw that Jesus has names inside of him. Am I correct? Yes. That the nature of Christ is a, is, a, is a nature, part of the nature that constitutes the name yes. of the Son Amen. of God. Yes. Amen. Now, but when you speak about lamb, lamb, a lamb, the lamb of God, Lamb of God is a soul who can be led. 
in the matters of the life of God, of God's everlasting life. Right? That is the lamb. So by the time Jesus was in Nazareth, when he had already begun to deal with his father, right? The point where, you know, that was the same season where God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At that same season, John identified him by, prophetically. and said, this is, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Right? So at that point, Jesus became, had become a lamb. A lamb. A lamb. It was, it was, on a, it was a lamb on the journey to being slain by God. Right? A lamb. So it means that a soul that followed the lamb is when the soul arrives at the first footprint of the lamb. Where the soul begins to chart the same cause as the lamb. It means that is a soul becoming a servant of God. Yes. A, the lamb of God is a servant of God. Yes. Who is a servant of God? A servant of God is a soul that serves the life of God. The service of God's life means the doing of the instructions, the commandments, things that, were, that pertain to, what, to the life of God. Amen. Amen. So these men who have the Father's name, they followed the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. They followed him and followed him and followed him until a, until a point they now got to him. The point where they now broke into a song. So they sang as it were, a song which no man knew it, except the word 144,000. No man knew the song, neither could any man sing that word, could sing that song. Praise God. Amen. 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 That song upon the mountain is the song of, the, of souls who have. Souls who have lost their life, they've accomplished the task of losing their own life to re and receiving the life of God. It's actually a song that they sing. And men cannot sing that, so that song, not because men don't want to sing the song. They cannot sing the song because they have not followed the lamb. Right? The following of the lamb, where he goes, it's not just a song that they sing with their mouth. It's actually a nature song. It's a song of their nature. Because after they sang the song, they now began to explain who these people are. They follow the lamb. They are not defiled with women. They have no, in their tongue, there is no guy. You can read all of those things there. So song they are talking about, it has to do with what, what is your nature singing? Every nature has a song in the spirit. Every nature has what? A song. Song means... Song, do you know that every song is a mystery? Mm. Yeah, a song is a mystery. Only somebody who has the key, the note, the, the understanding to a mystery, do you have the knowledge to unlock the mystery of a song? There are many things in a song. There's the lyrics of the song. Then there's the melody of the song. There's the progression of the song. All the different aspects of the music. If, you're, if you are not knowledgeable concerning those things, you cannot break into that, that sound. Amen. Amen. Now, this is my, this is my the summary of the message. The summary of the message is, I'm trying to tell you is that the leading of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit 
is to, to lift a soul into new, a new mystery, into a new composition of being. The way every song is a composition, you add note and note and note too, with progressions and all of that. It's, it's like, and a song is a kind of truth that when you, musicians begin to play a song, they are playing the same song, check it. They, when, when they are moving in the progression, they hit a note at the same time. They know when to hit that note. They know when to hit the other note. They are all moving. Why? Because that thing is a pattern. Every song is a pattern that they are following. It's a pattern. They know they, at the same time. So you see, music is actually a, a complex metaphor of everlasting life. It's, music is actually just trying to tell you the music is the best way to explain what you and God will be doing for eternity. Mm. Praise God. Now, so you see, so the reason what, what they want to transform you into, they want to make you break into the song of God. That song is song. So it's not a matter of, I did this good yesterday. No, no. They're talking about the... Because each thing by itself means nothing. Hey, go and press the, that key. Pam, it's not a song. And that's what, that's what we are doing in the spirit. Pam, 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 pam. That's what religion does. You are just pressing scattered things all around. You are not, you don't, you don't know the, only the spirit has the, the sheet, the score of the song that, that a soul is supposed to be singing to God. All our good deeds are making noise. Instead of sound, it becomes a problem. Everyone, what is this? So, why are you making so much noise? You are defiling this place with this thing. Amen. That's why God said, please depart from me, okay? We are, can you don't spoil the music of this. When, when you think of angels singing in heaven, what do you think they are singing? Who is singing? Is, it, is their nature? Is the, is, the, is, the, is the lyrics and the music God has written into them. They constantly echo that sound in their nature. It's their righteousnesses that's, that's mysteriously worked out on the inside of them. Amen. So you see, why, so why was David obsessed with singing a new song? When they were talking about singing a new, it's not just about music, sir. Although musically he might have gotten that concept, but it's something in God's heart. He found that God desires a new song every time. God wants men's soul to be singing. They sing a new song. If you can count how many times they, that is said in Psalms, there will be many. If you read the book of Psalms. Do you get what I'm, it means that new song, men. Say new song. New song. A new song means that every day you should be singing. The, the song that of yesterday is not good enough today. The song that your nature is bringing forth to heaven is not good enough for today. Every day you should sing a new song unto the Lord. I will sing a new song. Say sing a new song. Yes. Yes. So the leading of the Spirit... When the, is the Holy Ghost interpreting 
the elements of the new song which your nature is supposed to be singing to heaven. To you. How do they put those things together as revelation is coming? Every revelation that's coming to you is a, is a portion of the music. They want to form a full score of a song that your soul ought to what? Sing. Aha. So every step that the lamb is taking is, is shifting. There, there, there's shifting and modulations. Things are going on. I mean, altering the, the music which the soul is offering up, is offering up to God. Amen. And when they get to that place, no man knows that song. No man can ever sing it except those what? Because their song they are singing is not some religious thing they concocted. It's the product of a walk. That's why nobody can imitate somebody who has been led by the Spirit. You can never trace where the fountain of their life is flowing from. You can't. You can't produce it. You can try and imitate it, but you know, discover that, hey, it's not easy. It's not easy for your color mind to craft in nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. 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 The Lord will help us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is this was the key. You know, the scripture plays out the difference between the difference between trying to please God religiously and knowing what God really wants. That was part of the wisdom that of the import of wisdom, which it's like, it's like a transition, like, like, like David found. Right? David was a great help. Was a great help. When David brought back the Ark of God from Shiloh, right? When he brought it back to, sorry, to Judah, um, he tweaked things in the service. Even though they still offered animals and, and everything, but he discovered that what God actually wants is not, it doesn't take delight in sacrifices and bold offering. So David was actually converting religious offering to song. He discovered that God actually prefers song than offering. And one of his main things is that God, when God hears a new song from men, He's a, do you know that physical sing, song? That's why singing in worship is also very, very powerful. Physical singing. Because there's something about music also and the soul. Right? Sometimes, if your soul can produce a new song, sometimes, a lot of times, a new song is the product of some kind of renewal that has happened on the inside of the soul. It's some kind of renewal. When, if, whenever you come into a new person, if you listen well, you will pick the song. There's a song 
actually that can even manifest in physical singing. I love that song. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Let's just begin to pray. Begin to pray for the shifting of the shifting of your focus. The shifting of the focus of your heart. That you begin to get focused on releasing a song to God. Hey! 
there needs to be a there needs to be a shift in our concept of sacrifice. What we there needs to be a shift in our concept of sacrifice. What we give to God. What we want to give to God. That the idea of giving our own things that our season will end. That there will be a shift that you know that what God desires is a new song. A new song. A new song. A new song. A new song means a new person. A new person. A change. A change. A change. Heaven is constantly awaiting the emergence of your new person. I want us to begin to pray for help. Help, help that mastery of the leading of the spirit. The accurate, the accurate concept of the leading of the spirit. That the focus of how God wants to lead you, you will begin to find accuracy. Accuracy. There will be wisdom. You will know what amounts to leading and what doesn't. Not everything is leading in the spirit. That you begin to be in tune, tuned by God to be led to find your new nature, to find your new person. For some of us, they need to open our eyes to see. Because he said, these are they that follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. Means if you cannot see the lamb, you cannot follow the lamb. Or if you're looking at something else apart from the lamb, you will not follow the lamb. Begin to pray for your eyes, your eyes to be open. That your heart will see what it's supposed to see. Your heart will see what it's supposed to see. You know, when we're talking about a new person, a new man, it's not a concoction of your imagination. It's not something that you just make up. It's something that must be revealed to you. It must come to you by revelation. As the image of who you need to be is being painted, is being raised by the ministry of the New Testament. As the image is being painted, that grace to look at that image rather than look upon your own things or look upon your own righteousness or look upon your own concept of pleasing God. That the Lord will begin to help you to find grace, to gaze upon the image, to gaze upon the image, the finished image in the spirit, the image of Christ, the everlasting image of the Lamb of God. If you feel like, oh, I'm not seeing that image, pray, pray, 
pray. Ask for mercy. Quickening of your sight. Your heart will begin to capture image of your new persons. Like you are expecting something to shift in your life. Like you are expecting something to change in your life. Begin to pray for the dissolution and removal of any contrary image, any wrong image that has been projected to your mind, every wrong person that is not a person which the New Testament wants to create, that you will no longer be seeing that, that from today what you begin to see is the new creation. You begin to see the new creation from today. You begin to see the session. Marala pasa talabarata palala mata. Rapaze kalimbaro sepantari alabato predebedeski. Repasa saparamata pranamahata. Ekrampana sasa. As you want intensity, I want more intensity. May that image never depart from my heart. May I always see. I want to always see what I need to become. I want to always see who I need to be. I want to always see who I need to be. I want to always see flood my heart, flood my consciousness, flood my heart, flood my consciousness. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Rapaneria taparanabasho pranta rabo soto peranagota. Reka kakakakaka. May the thought and the sight of this image always find me every time, every time, every time, every time. Thank you. 
Parala Panora Pasa Parada Lora Rabatara Rabo Secre Paragiala Mata Caprada Baguta Capata Capata Calibala Badara Badurururu Prada la 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 baria la baba baba taparia taparuru robosu kete kete keriense kete keriada menegete. name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord, we have responded to your word. We have prayed and we will continue to pray. Lord, we we are asking God for you to baptize our soul. Lord, into these realities. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, for every heart, Lord. I pray for every heart, every soul here. And everyone who is listening, who can hear this message. Oh, Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. Para pamoni kala barota papalati esu prata lebre de kapatolo kodene geta. Rasa sa 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 matalare anta parolo no moro kaprada ba uri bahata para geke. Karamasienta ihela lora banturu shapranta ba igaba ba iha pa 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 o tapara. E marosa prada amarota paris kapara moskos moskos. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Marabadi Kala Proskatera. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, I pray, come and saturate our hearts, Lord, with the impressions, the impressions, the images, Lord. Lord, I pray, let there be an activation, Lord, of the inward ministry of the Spirit upon every soul, upon every heart, upon every heart. As many who have been experiencing it, will experience it on the increase. Lord, we are asking for a full, uninhibited exposure to the ministry of the New Testament. Open it up. 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 Open up. Open up this, this ministry. Open it up, Lord. 
I ask in the name of Jesus. Oh, for every soul. Bring every heart into the dealings. Oh, Lord, help every heart to begin to see. To begin to see the image, the picture which the, the Spirit is painting. The grace to be led, Lord, from newness to newness to newness to newness. I pray. Lord, baptize every heart with courage, courage, courage to, to stay, Lord, with the sight, to stay, Lord, with the leading. Lord, let our heart be glued to the path, the, this path of transformation. Say, straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to life. But Lord, with mercy, mercy can glue our soul to this path and make us established even in the way of peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Mercy. 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 Let mercy find us, Lord. Oh, God, I pray. Change the image which we see. Bring, Lord, I salve. Wash away every image which even, Lord, just dead religion has painted to us. Lord, every wrong imagery of you, every wrong depiction of the nature which you want to rot in us, Father, erase them, move them away from our consciousness, from our sight. Oh, Lord, I pray for every heart, Lord, from the least to the greatest here. Expose us, Lord, to the Spirit, to the leading of the Spirit. To the ministry of the Spirit. Oh, I pray that from today we'll begin to bring forth new song. New song of our heart, our nature, our person. You will add something new every day to us. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the doors of the Spirit are open. The doors of the Spirit. The doors of the Spirit. Even for to walk in the Spirit. Even for to live in the Spirit. Even the door to live spiritually. And to stay under the, the canopy of the Spirit. Lord, we receive stability. 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 Stability in the Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Father, for prosperity in the life of the Spirit. Upon every soul. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, break every ignorance, break every blindness, heal alienation from your life. As many who have never seen will see. Eyes who have not seen before will begin to see. This pattern of sin, Lord, I pray, let it be open. Unlock it, unlock it, unlock the access, the aspect and the faculty of our soul, Lord that need to begin to see and to comprehend and to follow you in this way. Lord, thank you for bondages of religion. Lord, we break those chains in the name of Jesus. The yoke of religion is broken. He said it shall come to pass that even the yoke shall be destroyed. The yoke will be destroyed. 
because of the anointing. Father, from today we are only yoked to you. We are yoked to the nature of Christ. We are yoked to the Lamb. It will be our meditation. It will be the image upon our heart. It will be our body. For we put off every other body. You say, you should come to me, all ye who are weak, who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my own yoke. Father, I pray that every one of us will take our own yoke of you. We will learn of you because you are meek and you are lowly. We receive the image of it, your meekness, of your lowliness. Thank you, Father. Lord, you said that in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but the new creation. Father, I ask, O oh God, we will not pursue after circumcision or uncircumcision. We will look, put the standards of religion aside, even of traditions, of culture, and of everything, oh God, which takes our attention away from you. But Father, begin to magnify the value of the new creation. Magnify the value of the new creation in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give all the glory to your name. We bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just give you 30 seconds. Just bless the Lord. Thank him for what he has done. name we are prayed. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are ready to walk in newness of life? You are going to walk in it. You are going to walk in it. In Jesus name. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth You Wells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.